Hey guys, ¿cómo están? Welcome to ¿Quién es la más? A podcast dedicated to recapping the Mexican competition series La Más Draga. Which is available on YouTube. My name is Yiyi. And I'm Braulio. So, hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How have you been since the last time we recorded? Well, we've been together the whole day today, so... <laughs> I know. Um, it's been a long day, but I'm doing good. Did you get a chance to listen to the podcast? I did. I mean, since I edited it as well. Um, yeah. I mean, it is our first podcast that we've done, so... Yeah. There was a few audio issues. <laughs> yeah. Mostly on my side, because I was, like, speaking super close to the microphone which i want to do right now because i yeah. feel like i want to be like closer to it but it doesn't work not for podcasting no yeah it gets a little loud yes i had problems listening to myself just not used to hearing my voice yeah um, i mean when you first start out that kind of gets on your nerves especially yeah. like nobody likes the sound of their own voice Even if you're like speaking on the telephone or if you when you when you leave a voicemail and then you listen to it back, it's like, oh my gosh, do I really sound like that? I know. Like it's not yeah. You just don't want to hear your own voice. Yeah. But hopefully over the time that you're editing it, because I think you're just gonna continue edit. <laughs> oh thanks. <laughs> I know, I didn't even ask you, I just like you're gonna edit it. That's fine. But I mean, yeah, I think throughout the edit I felt a little better about my voice that's good hopefully just continues no it's gonna take i think a little bit to get used to even for me because i i underestimated like i told you earlier i underestimated the power of the microphones because mm -hmm. i didn't think they were gonna pick up every single thing and even today when we were starting we were hearing like a humming noise and i think it was coming from like a fan that's like not in the other room but it's kind of like in another room Yeah. So these things are picking up everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there was a couple of taps for me the last time too, like on the table or I think I was playing with something and you could hear that. So yeah, I mean, we just need to be careful. Yes, we need to get cheaper microphones probably. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we're going to get into the episode. After the queens meet, Johnny Carmona announces this week's challenge. The queens will be creating a look with their own drag inspired by the divas of the golden age of Mexican cinema. The winner will be declared La Mas Diva. As the queens start getting ready, we learn more details about their lives. So in this part, since in the episode, they have a long time to get ready and they show a lot of that process, I think we should just go through things that stood out to us and things that we want to talk about because they brought up a lot of stuff. Like some of them talked about their families and we even learned that some of them are in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I that think was a surprise. I first wanted to bring up that Johnny Carmona. I don't know if you guys know who that is because I didn't. Did you, did you know who that was? I, I did not. No. Uh, yeah, I didn't know who he was. He, it seemed like all the queens did though. And he knew all the queens as well. Yeah. He said that he's followed their careers as they matured throughout the years. Yeah, I was kind of interested when he said that because I was like, 
I don't know if he was kind of like somebody who helped them out mm -hmm. or if he was just going to their shows. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, he's a, a radio host and TV host. Yeah, that's what I Mexico. that's what I learned that he's a radio host. And the mentor, he's going to take on the mentor uh, position on mm -hmm. the show. So he's gonna be he's gonna be like the RuPaul of this series. Yeah. Um, I also noticed that they call the workroom, they call it the Nick's dressing room, mm -hmm. el camerino, I think, el camerino or something like that. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. That yeah. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they just so it's sponsored by Nick's, mm -hmm. and up till now, I don't think they have said what is the prize for winning. That's true. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. And you know, in Drag Race, that's the, that's how each episode starts. Yeah. They introduce the prizes, and yes, that's true. They don't even mention it. Yeah, I'm thinking they're gonna. I mean, the prizes. Uh, who's the biggest uh, diva? I guess. It's I mean, the title. I guess, like the title. Yeah, of La Mazaraga. Yeah, and I I'm guessing maybe we'll find out later on. I think I remember that they. Do mention it. I hope so. Oh, yeah. You would think they would want to know why they're <laughs> there in the first place. Yeah, we're just kind of have fun and you win nothing. So, <laughs> Did you have anything that you noticed in the first? I mean, when they were talking in a camerino, yeah. um, you mentioned that it was a surprise to me that two of them are in a relationship. Yeah, um, I think there were like eight years I wrote that they... Yes. That they were eight, they have eight years together. Barbara Durango and Cordelia Durango. Yes. And that kind of, it shocked me because I, I was shocked that they would cast two queens that are in a relationship mm -hmm. on the same show. Because mm -hmm. I think that can, I mean, it's an interesting relationship, mm -hmm. I guess. Yes. Um, I mean, it could bring a twist to it as well. Like, mm -hmm. if, if they. I guess they want drama, maybe, if if they get in a fight, like in the workroom, then if it transfers to their personal life, maybe it'll create drama. Maybe that's what they wanted, but... Yeah, like, I don't know if that's... If that would be, would be fair for the contestants, because they're all... Well, actually, you know what? I'm, maybe I'm, like, getting ahead of myself, but I think they are not sequestered. Um, I think they're able to go home. Mm. Because they all live in Mexico City, and that show is filming in Mexico City. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say, maybe it's unfair for them to cast two people that know each other really well, because they have a support system. Mm -hmm. But since they're not being sequestered, they don't really need like a support system there. You know, They can just mm -hmm. go back home and cry about it <laughs> to their families. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I guess it doesn't really affect the competition that much. Yeah. They, they start talking about how Mexican drag is inspired heavily by American drag culture and well, American culture in general. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I think some of them were saying how they try to incorporate more Mexican aspects into their drag because they don't want to lose everything that makes them unique, you know, mm -hmm. because... If you're just kind of copying American drag or American culture, then you lose your own culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah, it's important to, to re represent that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think they mentioned that some of them felt like they lost some of that, which we can relate. Um, mm -hmm. yes. they, for me, not in drag, but still, like, in my uh, personal life, I still feel like lost touch with that. And for this challenge specifically, because it is 
try to call back to old Mexican actresses. That's something that can connect them to their heritage. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you picked up on the on the last episode we did the meet the queens and you picked up on a lot of the references that were american Mm -hmm. and one of them even came out well i mean marina's not really american but it's not a mexican culture Mm -hmm. she does she's not mexican but they are heavily influenced Mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of interesting to find out actually Mm -hmm. yeah one of them was wearing a gaga a shirt or sweater oh were they yeah like the the, like merch kind of thing or was it just it was the image of art pop oh, like okay. in the front and the back of the shirt um, okay. as they were getting ready. So, But do you have any idea why the they would be so influenced yeah. of American culture? Is yeah. it, I mean, American culture influences the whole world. It's not just Mexico. Mm-hmm. So uh, especially Hollywood, yeah. it's the biggest industry entertainment-wise that there yeah. is. And it's exported everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. dominant. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it's worldwide. Like everywhere you go, you can you can hear you know who like Beyonce is. Mm-hmm. They know who Lady Gaga is, and um, even though there are Mexican artists that are kind of doing the same thing, they may not have like the same exposure reach. or reach. Yeah, because if there's a Mexican, like Belinda, for example, she's mm-hmm. Mexican, and she doesn't reach the whole world maybe she does but for the most part she doesn't because she is singing in spanish Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are not going to listen to a spanish singer Mm -hmm. if they don't know what she's saying Mm -hmm. but american culture for some reason we speak english and like i guess other cultures still i don't know i don't know if it's just the influence of the artist or if it's just because it's um it's coming from somewhere else that they're interested in it. I mean, English is the international language, so pretty much everywhere you go, you're going to find people who speak English. Mm. Um, so it just dominates. So even exporting movies, exporting music, it's mm-hmm. going to be in English, and pe- it's more accepted. Uh, more people are going to know how to speak it, so it's more mm-hmm. accepted that way. And I think also it has to do with a lot of gay icons, especially, a lot of Mexican artists won't won't support the LGBTQIA plus community as as uh, openly, I guess, as some American, because the cultures are very different. Like Mexicans are more closed off to that idea. There's a lot of machismo. There's a lot of like people who are not pro, you know, any LGBTQIA um, issues. So even maybe, in the entertainment industry, they it's not something that you talk about. You yeah. see all these presenters and you know they're gay and everything, mm-hmm. but they don't speak about it. They don't. Yeah, it's it, kind of the, like a joke in a way. Like it can be, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be, and and even in American culture, it was at that point in the past. But now it's, I mean, it's gotten a lot better, but. Um, I'm sure even in the Mexican industry, it's it's gotten better o- over years, but mm-hmm. it's still less acceptable in the entertainment industry. Yeah, uh, just to be open, that open. About yeah, it. I think it's it, like you said, it's about being open. I feel like they will they will say that they are open about it or that they support, 
but you still won't see um, like gay characters in telenovelas or you won't see any gay singers like they won't promote they like no i don't know of any mexican like big superstar that has come out as gay or i mean ricky martin well he's i mean he's but he came out when he was already this gigantic exactly star. afterwards right yeah he came out afterwards and he kind of had a crossover with america mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so again he's influenced a lot by American culture and he made a big here so that maybe that made it easier for him to come out because he had a audience that was already mm-hmm. openly supportive and kind of already knew <laughs> <laughs> okay so moving on uh, did you have anything else that you noticed that they talked about Cordelia did mention I mean we know that she's married to Barbara uh, but she did mention that she grew up in like a repressed household mm-hmm. um like her parents were not accepting and barbara helped her bring out that the feminine side mm, from her yeah and i thought i mean i thought that would that was really touching and let us know a little bit more about her and how her relationship with barbara is did she mention if she like still speaks to her parents kind of thing or not specifically no um I hope so. A lot of the times it happens where the only way for you to be that open is unfortunately to cut off your family and yeah. Yeah. Especially like I I don't know much about like uh gay culture in Mexico. If it's hard here, I can't even imagine how hard it is to come out to your I mean not just your family, but you're coming out to a community where they don't really support it. Yeah. So I mean, I I I think that's cool that, that she's talking about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure a lot of them have that, a similar experience, too. Mm-hmm. Which um, I hope they mention later, maybe talk a little bit more in the next episodes. Yes. On the lighter side of things, I, did, I didn't I did recognize Debra Men without the mustache. Mm. Because when I first saw her, I was like, who is that? Yes. I was like... Eh, the fake it, mustache? Yeah. That you were questioning. Not only if that, it was but real or not. <laughs> and the and her haircut. She had like a bowl cut. Mm-hmm. And I was just I didn't notice that when I, when I saw her interviews, and I was like, wait, who is that? And then it was Debra Men. Mm-hmm. But I still liked her really really much. I feel like she 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 was really playful with the with the rest of the girls. Mm-hmm. And um, there wasn't really drama, right? There wasn't a lot of drama. They tried. They but did. It, it, with something about Barbara wanting a certain section of the mirror and wanting to sit there. And I think it was Lana and someone else took that um, spot from her. And um, Yeah, I remember that part. I was like, really? Why Why even mention it? It's not even... It yeah, was they, not worth they mentioning. They tried, but again. Yeah. You know. I also want to bring up the fact that it's weird... Like, do you think they they told them these challenges ahead of time? Because it seemed like a lot of them were already kind of in makeup. Like, none of them were... Well, some of them were about to get ready, but a lot lot of them or some of them were already painted, and they were just kind of sitting down. (laughs) They were just there. Yeah, Yeah, so I don't know if they, they told them ahead of time or... I'm guessing they did. Like, they told them the challenge ahead of time, and then they brought whatever they could from their house. 
you know? Mm -hmm. And that way they can be prepared for the challenge. You're probably right, because they didn't really explain the rules of the challenge. They explained what it was. Mm -hmm. But as we see later on, they have to choose um, a Mexican diva, and they didn't really show them picking them, or it just showed up Mm -hmm. in, um, in the runway. They had to know prior. No, yeah, yeah. They had to know prior in order for them to even make a reference to someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anything else that you that you want to talk about? The, I mean, the getting to know them and uh, when they were getting ready and everything, mm-hmm. it was pretty sh- short. Um, mm-hmm. And they didn't really go into too much detail besides what we already talked about. So Yeah. And the room um, that they're in is pretty small, so I feel like they can all listen is. to each other's conversations and that might bring up drama who knows or it might stifle the drama because you don't feel like you can talk about somebody behind their back Mm -hmm. because they're right there Mm -hmm. they're like literally next to you exactly (laughs) so we'll see how that turns out Uh, okay so i guess we're gonna move on to the looks or to the runway lorena herrera's tits walk onto the main stage and introduce the judges and this week's guest judge, Susana Sabaleta. They also introduce Letal, who will be in charge of the Eliminated Queen's altar. Okay. First of all, do you know who the judges were? Um, I've heard of Susana Sabaleta. That makes one of us. <laughs> I mean, she's a singer and actress, and I looked through her Wikipedia, and I saw, I recognize some of the novelas that she's been in. I don't know if you remember these, but uh, it was Mi Destino Eres Tú, uh, Pueblo Chico Infierno Grande, and Salome are the ones that I, I do remember Salome. And she has a whole bunch of albums as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I researched her, I just found mostly performances and songs. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know she was on all of these telenovelas. But who else did you... Is that the only one that you kind of knew? Yes. Obviously, Lorena Herrera. Uh, Yari. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Yari was. Yeah, me neither. Makeup artist, stylist, and designer is what Lorena mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was cool. Um, I like her too, yeah. Yeah. She seems okay. to be excited to be there, and she mm-hmm. seemed like she was... And knowledgeable as well. Yeah. And then next, it was Johnny Carmona, which we kind of already talked earlier. about him. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, Letal. So, why is she there? Why do you think she's there? Just knowing what happens at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. her only reason I can think of is to break up when there's a tie. Okay. Well, I guess it's just another... It's an actual drag character that, because the judges, none of them are drag queens, so mm-hmm. bringing Letal Well, you there. can argue with Lorena Herrera. <laughs> <laughs> you can. But yeah, with Letal there, yeah, what? Yeah, I mean, we have an actual drag queen there. Um, gives it some legitimacy. Yeah, I think she, there was a lot of people, I think, it, it got it got confusing for, for if you're just watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think it would be kind of confusing. Why Letal is there? You're just like, okay, she's sitting there with two guys, mm-hmm. or I think it was one. One. And um, I guess we should describe how things are decorated because they're very. It's it has this theme of like Dia de los Muertos. Dia de los Muertos. So the whole the whole point of Letal being there, I think, or why they wanted her there. That's I mean, I think it's like 
having something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it works in with the theme of it. We can um, talk about how the actual um, challenges will work. So part of Letal's role is when they get eliminated, they're at the altar, the mm-hmm. uh, drag altar. And there she gives them the pictures, I think, or either... Something like that, right? Doesn't she give them the, their pictures when they're eliminated? Or well, no one got eliminated in this one, okay. so I have no idea. Well, I saw, like, frames. There were frames. Yes, there were frames. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume they put the eliminated queen in that frame. I don't know if they get it, but... So maybe, I guess she's serving as, like, death. Like, you know? Yes, She represents exactly. death. Letal, yes. Yeah. Well, her name is Letal. Yes, there yes. you go. That means lethal for you white people. I'm just kidding. For you non-English or non-Spanish speakers. Um, and I guess we should mention the fact that he, the girls will be judged on a point system. She mm-hmm. Lorena mentions that they are going to be judged uh, by points. Yes. Um, there's three main things that they're going to judge, which is execution, presentation, and creativity. Okay. Again, it's points point based and the one with the the two bottom queens with the lowest points based on the judges uh judgment and their expertise um are the ones that are going to lip sync battle yeah Um, and this is interesting because it again they reference rupaul and did she mention rupaul again i I think she kind of yes they did i think both her and susana mentioned yeah Rupert. so it's interesting that they again we see a mexican culture being inspired by mm-hmm. an american show mm-hmm. which is nothing bad it's just something that is interesting mm-hmm. and i mean it's a good format so yeah i it, think it's so worked too. for rupaul's drag race and so. i love the fact that i've heard people say that they don't like the lip syncing the mm-hmm. fact that they make queen's lip sync mm-hmm. because it's supposed to be a lip syncing is a drag queen's like what they do that's mm-hmm. the best thing that they are able to do like so when you make when you make that a punishment it kind of like it doesn't mm-hmm. serve i guess the purpose of what drag is it doesn't mm-hmm. really you know give them a great platform but i think it's in I think, yeah, I see what they're, what people are coming from, but it, this is a show, and that's going to make it exciting mm-hmm. to put two people who who are known to be good lip syncers or ha- at least have done it in the past and see who can actually, like, give you a better performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can see it either way. Yeah. But, I mean, it works. It's It works for the format. I mean, we've had during all-stars seasons it's kind of the opposite so they're trying to it has that twist of they're trying to yeah lip sync for the legacy yes yeah so i mean it gives it a positive spin to it the only thing that with that is some people say online that since they have to eliminate a queen they are not going to give their best because they don't want to be responsible for sending somebody home there's always going to be someone who is not happy with something so yeah yeah it's it's fine <laughs> i yeah i think i think the lip syncing is great um it just doesn't i can see it not working for i mean there are 
queens who are not the best lip syncers and that's not what their art is about mm-hmm. um so it's a disservice to them mm-hmm. but i mean overall it's it's worked i think it's worked and it's dramatic as well yeah it's dramatic it plays well to reality tv mm-hmm. um so yeah um i guess we're gonna get into the looks queen by queen and first up is Debra Men. Mm-hmm. And she is portraying Pedro Infante. A guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy. So what did you think about Debra Men? Debra... Um, I mean, she you immediately see she's wearing overalls. And her, should I say, signature mustache? Not, I don't know. It Maybe. keeps changing. But she, she is wearing a mustache now. I mean, in drag instead of out of drag. But she has uh, long, flowy, dark hair, thigh-high boots with the overalls. Um, I don't. I didn't really like that combination. With the overalls um, and the boots. Yeah, the overalls and the boots. It just seems like two different costumes or two different different looks looks, yes they didn't go together to me like the only Pedro Infante that I see is the mustache and that's about it like Mm -hmm. there's I can't just thinking of who Pedro Infante represents is not she looked more like a plumber to me obviously and she she was carrying a hammer (laughs) So, yeah, she looked more like Mario or something. Yes. And, um, yeah, I didn't really like this look at all. Did you think the makeup was, was okay? Did, did she do a good job in that? Yeah, the makeup was pretty. I liked the makeup. Um, it was sparkly, and it was kind of natural, though. It was She didn't go over the top with it at all. I think that mustache kind of took the main attention from everything else yeah i i mean i like that she was portraying a man Mm -hmm. but i just don't see pedro infante in what she's wearing or the makeup okay what are your thoughts i don't get the reference of the film that she I, i guess she took that look from a certain film but i haven't really watched a lot of pedro infante i knew of his i knew his name and i knew that he was an actor back in like the 50s so i kind of knew who pedro infante was but Mm -hmm. i don't get the film reference i think Mm -hmm. because they showed a picture of him and he did have overalls Mm -hmm. but every picture that i looked up uh looked of pedro infante it was him like in a film with like i don't know like just like plain simple white shirt or looking like uh what you call like a mariachi or just like Mm kind of like that yeah I didn't get that reference. Mm-mm. So uh, if she would ask me, like, who am I portraying? I would be like, yeah, I would say Mar- Mario. Because <laughs> she's literally wearing, she's wearing overalls with a striped shirt. And a hammer. And a hammer. And a mustache. And so a mustache. I did like the fact that she chose a man. Yeah. I think that's that shows some guts. Mm-hmm. That she's not afraid mm-hmm. of taking risks. Mm-hmm. So some some things that she can edit is definitely the thigh high boots. I think you're right. I don't I, I don't think 
those go with the outfit mm -mm. at all. And then also, I would lose the necklace. Because the necklace doesn't really go with it either. Like, it's this really bejeweled necklace. And then, but you have, like, these overalls and a t-shirt on. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I get that it's drag. But if it's gonna, if you're gonna go for it for this specific um, person mm -hmm. and try to emulate this person, I mean, why wear something that, I don't know, it just throws it off. I mean, I mentioned that I like the makeup overall, but based on the challenge and what it was about and the person that she chose to interpret, it, it's not there. It just does not represent Pedro Infante at all. It's it's very pretty makeup and with a mustache thrown on. Yeah, like you can totally take the mustache off and you'd be like fierce mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. working, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Do you want to move on to the next queen? Sure. The next queen um, is Barbara Durango. She uh, is interpreting Ninon Sevilla. And both of us didn't know who Ninon Sevilla is, so no. we kind of looked her up. She was a dancer, actress, and she played a lot of, like, rumberas, mm -hmm. which is, like, this very specific genre in film that is about, like, a dance, like... Kind of, I want to say, what's that? The like Dita Von Tees, What does she do? The um, um, not striptease, but no. it's <laughs> the word I can think of is cabaret, but it's not. It's a it's little cabaret, um, but it's more burlesque. That's what it is. It's burlesque. She she did a lot of uh, those kind of looks and. Mm -hmm. And that genre of film has a lot to do with women who kind of do burlesque or um, like sexy dancing. And it just focuses on their lives. Mm -hmm. And that's what those films are kind of about. So she did a lot of those films back in the day. So again, like I said, we, we, we searched her up because we didn't really know. So from what we learned about her, how do you think that she did? I think she did really well. The picture that that i saw from you know Sevilla, um i think it matches really well she's like in like you were saying like a burlesque dress and headdress and um holding like maracas but for barbara she's the one who does a reveal so she, when she walks in she's wearing this long uh, fur coat with a sparkly silver dress underneath Mm -hmm. blonde curly hair similar to Ninon oh I was gonna say I think that wig is the same one that she wore in the entrance yes I think I was thinking the same thing yes it might be it's just styled a little bit differently but it might be and yeah probably and she's the only one who seems like reused that their wig because <laughs> everyone else is dark hair now is Ninon um, Sevilla is she blonde it's hard to this tell with black these women. And white. Yeah, because it's black and white. So to us, it looks like maybe. Unless they do some sort of um, I Love Lucy recoloration oh, yeah. of the really image. Not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't so do know. you like, you said you liked the first outfit? I did, yeah. I liked the first outfit. Again, it was covered with the coat, so you didn't really see much of what was underneath. Um, and then she turns around and gives us the reveal is all... It's similar themed to Ninon. It's red, one piece with like feathered 
what do we call them? Like fans? Like feather? Yeah, like feather fans. Yeah. The wig stays the same, same wig. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that one looked even more like um, Ninon. And um, I like that as she's walking away, she, like, and she has like a rose pattern uh, printed like on her train kind of i mean it's not a long train oh i didn't notice that yeah she has like a little rose pattern it's i liked it it was nice i guess her ass smells like roses <laughs> just this time i don't like the thick black line that she does on her jaw yeah that's what i wrote too um as we mentioned the last episode maybe it's more of a photograph thing it would it would accentuate her jaw in a photograph, but hmm. in a live TV show, it just doesn't doesn't look right. It looks like she, like a beard. Yeah, it's very distracting, and also, I know that they were supposed to bring their drag into this and kind of like, kind of portray this this uh, famous person, but mm-hmm. through their filter. But I just don't get why she would draw a black line under her chin yeah it just it just looks odd it does it, it looks like i don't know it's not it's just really odd the only thing that the reference that i can think of is pearl on season seven of drag race mm-hmm. when she walked into the workroom she had a black line like that mm. and they were like it's a chin strap <laughs> and they called it a chin strap so I don't know if she I don't want to say that Pearl invented it or whatever but I don't know if this if Barbara Durango was inspired by Pearl because she is very pretty and she's blonde and um, kind of the same makeup but I don't know it's just distracting it's possible um, yeah I agree it's distracting and it takes away from everything else and it looks like she's wearing the same wig and she's also wearing maybe the same eyelashes long eyelashes that mm-hmm. she was last time which brings in the question as you mentioned earlier that if they knew what the comp what the challenge was then they and if they recorded the introduction at the same time as this first challenge then she was probably like oh i'm just gonna wear uh this and i don't have to do uh, my makeup or my hair again just throw in the um change the dress and i'm done yeah uh, do you know what they might have done they might have recorded the episode and then recorded the entrances. So they, that way they don't have to get in drag twice. Because if they would come in and drag, they would have to take off their makeup and then get in drag again so they can do the challenge. That's, so yeah. this way they might have just came in without any makeup on, then gotten ready, done the challenge, and then after the episode is over, they'll do the entrances. So maybe that's... What happened. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, just from the recording standpoint, I, that that makes sense because you can see those simil- similarities from what they were wearing in the intro. So, anything else? I like the reveal. I thought the reveal that she, had, the fact that she had a reveal, was cute, but it could have been a little bit more refined. Like it could have been better because she just kind of like dropped everything mm-hmm. and it was like I didn't have a boom. Yeah, or like take it off sexy like mm-hmm. strip it off or something mm-hmm. i did write that i liked both outfits uh it could have been a little bit more rumbera to me um i know that ninon sevilla her costumes i mean i'm looking at a picture right now 
they're gorgeous. Maybe a headdress. Yeah, would have I think elevated a headdress. And, yeah. and maybe, this is something I'm going to bring up, maybe for all the queens, but I think she should have played it up a bit more on the runway. I don't remember her like being high energy and like I, dancing. I remember her dancing, actually. Um, well, she a- after of- the reveal, like... <laughs> she got a After little bit more walking off the stage <laughs> no um she got when she made the reveal and she went back uh on stage she had a little bit more energy and she was i mean she had those feather fans and she was waving waving them around and i remember her i think I, she danced i want to say she danced well yeah i would no. say she moved but she had yeah she moved she had a little uh, uncomplicated routine that she did and, and that's it but like I would have played it up more yeah. like smiled and like given like kind of like a performance mm-hmm. this is your time to fucking bring it to the stage mm-hmm. like why are you just gonna take it pretty and that's what one of the judges mentioned mm-hmm. that they looked scared a lot of them looked scared yeah which is reasonable but still bring it to the runway runway <laughs> run, uh, run, run, runway alright I think we should move on Okay, so our next queen is Deborah La Grande. She's portraying Tongo Lele. I didn't know who Tongo Lele was. Me neither. Again, I she's... love that name, though. Yes. Again, she's another actress slash dancer, rumbera. Like, she was mm-hmm. in that same genre. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think about Deborah La Grande? Just her walking in. I thought she was just comparing her to the other ones i thought she had she seemed to me like she had more confidence than the other ones and they they mentioned earlier how you know she she is she has been in the game for a long time and so she has that experience and i think that came into play here um which is why to my eyes it felt like she the, the judges weren't gonna like her because um, she um seemed confident about what she was doing up there you think she captured tongolele eh, i mean in the hair definitely um okay so in the attitude i don't think so i think i thought she was a little bit too stiff yeah yeah maybe stiff or just the way that she was moving around stage it wasn't like at a rapid pace it was very like more flowy and which does not bring to me someone who like tongo lele would be she needed a heavier flow (laughs) that's the first time i've ever heard that (laughs) but yeah and in the dress i can see the inspiration from it like the little uh shredded sleeves and so i can see that coming from tongo lele but the color it was dark and it's black and i didn't think it was um the best color to interpret tongolele mm-hmm. i would imagine it being something a little bit more obviously colorful and bright and fun yeah i think I, I i agree with you on some things especially the color i feel like it's not like you said it's not it she looks too a little bit gothic yes in a way. yes Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, actually, yeah, because of the hair. <laughs> yes. The hair does look like Tongolele, and I commend mm-hmm. her for that because the last two girls, Barbara and Debra, mm-hmm. their hairs could have been within, like, they, it could have been anybody, mm-hmm. you know? 
And I get that Tongolele does have a signature style, so it's easier. Yeah. But it's still, it was really nicely uh, coiffed and it was styled really well. And I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. The outfit, it looks good, but not rumbera enough for mm-hmm. me. It looked like it was just a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a good looking bathing suit, but not for this challenge. For this yeah. challenge, she just needed a little bit more uh, rumbera. Maybe add some beads to it, some um, fringe or something to make it like more of a dance costume. Where when you're moving, it kind of like flows with you. Again, heavy flow. Um, I did write that she. I wish she would have changed her makeup a bit. Again, I don't hate her makeup. Okay, here it is. Here's my here's my problem. I have a pet peeve when drag queens don't change their makeup for different outfits. I'm not saying they have to change it to severely to where the, they look like the different person, but at least play around with either the colors or the shape of your eye or just making it a little bit softer to to kind of go with the outfit. And that's one of the things that I don't that I always notice mm-hmm. and I I in my drag I try to do it I try to like change up my makeup a lot mm-hmm. especially like the eye makeup I, I try to change it up um, so I wish it would have changed her makeup a bit just to make it a little bit less severe and less because her lines on her cheeks are very defined mm-hmm. and just to make it a little bit more tongolele mm-hmm. just soften it up a little bit um, and I did like that she actually moved on stage. Mm-hmm. She might not have been the best mover, but she made an attempt. And I appreciate that. I really liked her. I thought she was a strong... She had a strong look she for did. this runway. Maybe not Tongolele, but it was still strong overall. Again, confidence. She, it seemed like she had confidence yes. most of the time that she was up there. Out of all of them, I think she just seemed the most comfortable and, yes. like you said, the most confident. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you want to move on to the next queen? Who is the next queen? The next queen is Margareta. Yes, your favorite. And she is my favorite. She's still your favorite after this? I... <laughs> I'm going to say yes, and um, she's portraying Ninon Sevilla. So the same... So this is the same as Barbara Durango. Yes. So she's wearing a all-white dress, well, mm-hmm. all-white outfit, um, kind of like a crop top bra with fabric, like flowy fabric attached to it, mm-hmm. and then a high-waisted panty with like a, ta- a train, kind of, mm-hmm. with the same flowy fabric as the top. And then she's wearing white fruit as a like a fascinator on top of her head. And her makeup, she's wearing a lot of glitter with a blue nose. Mm-hmm. And those signature eyebrows again. Signature eyebrows. Tell me what you think. I liked it. I thought it was a mix of old and new. So she looked like, like a current pop diva queen mixed with... Uh, Ninon Sevilla. The I guess we got the headdress from her, which we didn't get from the previous queen, and um, the way she gave it her twist is by painting it white instead of having it just a cliche fruit ball up there on your head. Mm-hmm. Um, she gave it that twist, and um, the makeup. 
I'm not sure I get the makeup though. <laughs> Again, I love the eyebrows. Again, I will never say I don't like the eyebrows. So, like you and I are looking at the same photo right now. We are. And I mean, her face just looks like it's being covered by mm -hmm. like almost like if she especially around the eye area like she's wearing a mask it looks like yeah um and i don't understand the point of just making that little cat nose that she put on i don't know why she um just colored i would have loved i don't know if they did this <laughs> maybe i just don't listen well i would have loved for them to explain their looks you know how in drag race they come out on the mm -hmm. runway and they everybody kind of says, voiceover. yeah, like Vanjie's like, I just did this look because I wanted to be a hooker. And, you know, I wanted that for them to to tell me what what were you, what were you thinking with the blue mm -hmm. nose? You know, mm -hmm. I wanted to know. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think they did it. Maybe I didn't listen either. But <laughs> I mean, even if you try to explain that, like looking at it, it just that blue nose does not make sense to me. Okay. Um, but I overall I like the dress. Whatever we have of it, it's all in the back because in the front she's pretty uncovered. But again, I mean, I like uh, she looks like a like a pop diva. Okay. I'm gonna agree with some points that you made. The makeup, again, yes, it looks pretty. Doesn't make sense, especially the blue nose. It I just don't get it. Mm -hmm. I would I wish she would have explained it to me. I wouldn't call this look bad. It's just the fact that we know what this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a look inspired by a diva from Mexican cinema. And she chose Ninon Sevilla. Mm -hmm. So give me Ninon Sevilla. And I know that it has to be filtered through her drag. Yes, and I, I really think she did that, though. But give it to me <laughs> where, the, where I can look at it and be like, that is Ninon Sevilla. And who's Ninon Sevilla? I don't even know. <laughs> But I'm still going to judge her because that's what we're here to do. <laughs> um, if you look at her outfit, it just looks very plain. I feel maybe plain is not the right word. It's very... Uh, one of the things that makes a rumbera is the element of like movement. And that outfit is not going to do that. It just looks like she has like paper towels attached to her. No. And maybe she's, you know, sponsored by Bounty. <laughs> Great. But um, we're not trying to clean up any messes here. Um, I like the shape and the silhouette. I do like the silhouette of her outfit I, because that is very rumbera. That is very Ninon Sevilla. Uh, something that is um, very high waisted. It has like a tail and a train. I think that's very pretty. Um, so I like the silhouette, but it just looks a bit basic. I feel like she could have put, put more work into it. And she could have gone farther. That's what I wrote. She could have gone farther. Um, I can't really tell what kind of shoes she's wearing, but I don't think I mind it. I do like the fact that it's all white. That is That shows that she has a point of view and that she has, um, she has an artistic eye. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just wish the fruit was bigger. I think... Mm -hmm. If it was bigger, it would make make the look a little bit more elevated. I think the fact that it's all white, the dress and the fruit, it kind of washes out the details of what's actually on the yeah. dress. And so just looking at it from afar, it's kind of hard to tell 
um, that it's fruit. So you have to wait for that close up and everything. Same with the dress. I'm sure it has a lot of details to it and more to catch the eye, but because it's white, it loses. Yeah, that. it all kind of like bleeds into each it other. Does. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing by this by that picture, um, and even the hair. Like at least give mm-hmm. me a bigger hair because it's just kind of like drooping down. It doesn't mm-hmm. give her any shape. It's very princessy, very Ada Madrina. Yeah. yeah. It looks more fairy. It does. Less rumbera, more fairy. But those are my thoughts, and I'm sticking to them. Unless you guys come for me, then I might change my mind. <laughs> um, let's move on to the next queen. Who is the next queen? Okay, so our next queen is Cordelia Durango. And she's portraying Sara Garcia. I don't know who she was either. I think she's my aunt. <laughs> I I think so. <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> so it, while we were researching her, um, I found out that she is she was a. I think she worked in the fifties, maybe sixties. Um, she was an actress known for portraying the grandma in mm-hmm. in Mexican cinema. Mm-hmm. So she always kind of had the same look. She was always old yeah she was typecasted to be yeah she was known as yeah and she was known as the grandmother of mexico oh there you go (laughs) la abuela de mexico so what did you think about cordelia uh well first of all i mean she's wearing her so this one does have a signature beard So she she has her I mean she's not wearing in that that's her face it's her real beard so she has that on um, but because she is portraying a um, an abuela she graded up just like her wig is gray as well mm-hmm. with her glasses and a cane as she walks through the runway and she has a cigar as well just to give it that little touch um, her dress is all black though and. I mean, immediately when I saw her, I'm just thinking, like, an old maid, um, I don't know. I guess so. Like, kind of. But, like, she, I'm thinking, like, one of those villainous characters who just sits on the sideline and waits for shit to happen, and, um... That's what she was giving you? Yeah. That kind of character. Yeah. Um... I think you described me. <laughs> I don't think you sit on the sidelines. I think you stir the pot. Um, I mean, again, so, so... Okay, so let me ask you this. Yeah. Knowing what you know about Sara Garcia, which is nothing. Which is nothing. What did you think... Did you, did you think that she portrayed her really well? Or that at least if you would look at a picture of Sara Garcia and you would look at a picture of Cordelia, you would be like, oh yeah, that is her. If you look at specifically the pictures with her with glasses and a cigar, yes. But otherwise, because I think the the beard throws it all off and makes it look like an old man wearing a dress instead of an old abuela wearing the dress. So I think that kind of, yeah, kind of takes away from the effect of portraying her. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's kind of, I think it's more... It's a more comedic interpretation, just uh, especially compared to all of the other queens. They, Cordelia went a little bit, like spoofing, the, while still with respect, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, that beard is kind of what led her to do something like that. 
instead of taking it so seriously. But, I mean, she does look like her. It's going to be interesting to see Cordelia in this competition, like you said, because she has a beard. And mm-hmm. so she'll, everything she does is going to look like a man. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, that can work against her or for her. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's going to be a challenge to her in seeing how um, she uh, interprets each challenge to fit her uh, type of drag. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I I wrote that I liked the fact that she chose an older diva because mm-hmm. most of them chose a pretty, mm-hmm. you know, except for Pedro, well, Pedro Infante is pretty, I guess. <laughs> um, so I liked the fact that she chose somebody older Okay, let me get into the wig. This wig <laughs> oh, looks... Yeah. It looks like it's coming two inches off her head. It looks like a helmet. I don't like it. I... No. This is this is blasphemy for <laughs> Sara Garcia. It is just bad. The wig is just bad. I don't like it. Um, her makeup, I wrote that I like that she changed it because she even drew on wrinkles. She did... Uh, they're kind of hard to see though they are but you can you can spot them there yeah and i do like i said earlier when i went into one of them i wrote that i i like the fact that when queens change their makeup and i really really appreciate that uh the dress is um i don't know if it gives me like old grandma like abuelita Mm -hmm. it's more it's almost like prom dress in a way I mean, I don't know who would go in the prom with that, in that dress black. On. Maybe, <laughs> maybe <It's> me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, maybe prom is not the maybe like more like a formal uh, event. Mm-hmm. I would and see I think this. it's that the bottom portion of it, like the it's what yeah, do you call that that, that fabric. Yeah, oh my god, fabric. I was trying to tool. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's tool. If oh. it was pink, you would again, like like you said, it would be very prom dressy princess mm-hmm. kind of but dress. i i can get into the fact that she's giving me abuelita going to the prom i love it mm-hmm. but she could get into character more i did write that um i know that she came out with a cigar Sorry. allegedly it was not a real maybe it was i don't know aren't those illegal no oh i thought cuban cigars are illegal no Okay. Then I've committed a lot of... Well, I haven't committed a lot of crimes. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted her to portray... Can you guys hear that? <laughs> the dog. Yeah, the dog. Okay, anyways. She could get into character, like I said. Um, I like the fact that... Or I don't like the fact that she... she I feel like she could have went there a bit more with her, with her performance on the runway. I mean, give me abuelita. Give me, like, a little, like, you know, like, oh, I'm just, uh, you know, can't walk or something. And I know that she, maybe she just wanted to be, like, diva, like, walking on the runway and giving you face and hair, body, face. But, yeah, I just wish the performance was a little stronger. I do like the look. I hate the wig. And my dog is crying. So if you can hear this, I'm sorry. But maybe he just doesn't like Cordelia's wig either. <laughs> so I guess we should move on. Okay. 
So our next queen is Lana, and she's portraying Elsa Aguirre, um, an actress. Do you know uh, much about Elsa? No. I did... I did uh, research a little bit on her, and she is a an actress mostly, I think. And then she, but the thing with Lana is, is that I don't know if you said this, but she has Elsa Aguirre and Maria Felix. And Maria Felix. So I don't know if it was a thing where she just told the producers, "Oh, I'm doing something like like this and this person," <laughs> or if it was actually her referencing these exact people. Mm-hmm. You know, it could mm-hmm. have been like that. She was just going for kind of like that sort of look but um Elsa Aguirre didn't know her name actress and Maria Felix I recognize her name um again I didn't really know much about her I didn't know that she was an actress she was very famous but both of them are very like glamorous old Hollywood I guess Mexican entertainment industry but it's very like any image that you pull from them they're very classy and wearing like nice jewelry and nice uh, form-fitting dresses and yeah they're um, very 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 similar to each other yeah so I can see why she would portray um, both of them together so what did you think did you think that she captured either one of them or both of them in her look definitely not (laughs) either of them I think I'll start with the good. The only thing that I could see um, her interpretation of uh, both of them, of Maria and Elsa, is um, their toes. And... <laughs> I was thinking the hair. Okay. Uh, very big and glamorous, wavy uh, hair. And from afar, the makeup as well. But once you get close up, it, it kind of... Yeah, it destroys the illusion. Uh, that dress, it's funny that you mentioned the prom, but it, yeah, very quinceañera, handmade with those little Handmaid's ro- tail? Oh, no, just like <laughs> hand, like oh, made like, by hand. Okay. Very, I don't know, cra- crafty, I guess. I don't like the little, I guess they're supposed to be flowers, roses. It's like one of those roses that you draw on a cake. Yeah, and they're just stuck to her dress all over um, I, I don't like that. And then the poofy bottom, emphasis on bottom, like her butt, <laughs> it's like gigantic. I don't like oh that gosh, either. Yeah. And I could not, I don't picture Elsa or Maria wearing something like that at all. Especially even those colors too. Mm-hmm. They're very quinceañera, down to the gloves that she's wearing. So no, not at all. I Maybe from the head up, She's portraying them, but anything, yeah, below her neck was not... I, I don't see it at all. Okay, and then for me, my notes were very similar. The dress and the makeup aren't cohesive again, and I had this note for her, I think, at the last time, that it, it seems like she doesn't pay attention to her makeup when she's thinking of a look or the dress. If you're going to wear a dress like that, why are you going to wear such dark makeup that makes you look gothic? It doesn't go, it doesn't portray any of the actresses at all. They would never wear black lipstick. Mm-hmm. And again, they are supposed to like filter to through their drag. But this is also a challenge where if you tell me that this is a portrayal of 
Maria Felix, I'm supposed to be like, oh yeah, I already know because I've seen, I saw her, like mm-hmm. I see what she's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Instead of me trying to uh, be like, well, who is she portraying? Like, no. Yes, she does have to stay true to, to her drag, but also portray the actress. And she didn't do that. And I did write that the hair looks nice. The dress looks like a ball gown instead of like movie siren. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't see like a movie actress going to anything wearing this mm-hmm. unless they're portraying a homeless person maybe <laughs> no <laughs> no i'm just kidding um and the gloves are just not cute at all either mm-hmm. it's, it's just, just all a mishmash of yeah different things it, it's all wrong like the colors the roses the gloves the structure of the dress it just doesn't they don't none of it goes together the positive like i said from afar i think the hair and the makeup look good together once you get up close you see the dark dark eyeshadow dark lips and it just it throws off that illusion and here's the thing does the makeup look good yes but for this look no her makeup looks gorgeous if you like we have a picture of her close-up she looks gorgeous Mm-hmm. But does it go with Maria Felix and this? What is this supposed to be? No. Mm-mm. So that's what we're judging her on. We're not judging the fact that she does certain kind of makeup. But yeah, like it's just, it's just. I think she she just missed the mark. Mm-hmm. She missed the mark. For mm-hmm. me. Same. Okay, so let's move on. Let's move on to the. I think the final queen. Actually. The final queen. Yes. So the final queen is Eva Blunt. Um, and she's portraying Tongolele again, um, just like Deborah La Grande. She's wearing a very <laughs> revealing two-piece kind of uh, bikini. To me, it was very like uh, gypsy what she's wearing, or the way she was moving too. It was a little hipstone lie when she was walking up to the <laughs> runway. The, the signature hair is there with the white streak. So that um, that gives us a clue to who she's portraying. As far as what she's wearing, I mean, I mean, there's not much of it, um, but I can see the tongolele in there though, okay. uh, especially in the movement as well. Yeah, I mean, I think she gave it more attitude and connected her piece to tongolele. I mean, what do you think? Um, I. Pretty similar. Um, I did like. I I wrote the hair looks good, but it needed a little bit more sculpting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it just looked almost like an afro. Mm-hmm. Like it looked very frizzy. It did. And it wasn't pretty. It, but untamed. I mean, it looked good because it looked like tongolele. It just needed a little bit more work. Mm-hmm. And um, this was. What did she wear last time? Eva Blunt. Oh, yeah. This was the one that we said that she really knows. I Her felt like she had a point of view. Mm-hmm. And I do think she still does that. Yeah. Because she's still serving me, like, sexy. And that's yes. what she says she was. Exactly. I think she's still portraying herself in this look. Yeah. And um, the makeup, I... I think it, it needs a little bit of work, but it's it's it looks pretty. It's a little tame, I think. Yeah, yeah, a little tame. Maybe if she would have given me like a bolder lip or something, mm-hmm. 
to show it stands out because right now it just looks like she's not wearing any lipstick. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but I like the makeup. The uh, no, it looks beautiful and it actually looks like a rumbera. It looks like a costume mm-hmm. a rumbera would wear. Mm-hmm. If you look up um, some of these actresses that we mentioned, they had a lot of costumes kind of like this, like very revealing. Mm-hmm. And she seems to have jewels that will move around with her when she's dancing. Mm-hmm. And that's what, yeah, that's what a rumbera, I think, would wear. Um, she could have served it more on the runway, though, as a presentation. Again, you're portraying a dancer here. Dance. I mean, at least watch videos of her dancing or something and like try to mimic them or learn some of the moves. Just, yeah, go, go for it. If you're going to do it, go for it. And she didn't do that all the way. So that was my issue. But I think she she's actually one of my, the, my favorites, except for mm-hmm. the hair. But she's one of my favorites for this this um, challenge. challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think overall she did really well. I, I, again, just like you, the hair is a little poofy, but the tongolele is in there. Mm-hmm. So I can I can see her her reference. Yep. Um just like all the other queens, um, the judges really came down on them for their confidence. So uh, she could have pushed a little further with, like you said, the dancing. So just like everyone, all the other ones as well, they were just lacking that. And could be uh, first challenge jitters. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully they, they'll get a chance to improve. Yep, hopefully. Okay, so... After the judges deliberate and add up their points, Cordelia Durango is declared La Más Viva. Debra Men and Deborah La Grande are the queens with the lowest scores and have to lip sync for their lives. The lip sync song, Besame Mucho by Susana Zabaleta. I want to mention something else. I don't know, should we talk about the point system? Yeah. Like how they were scoring them. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way the scoring system works is on a scale of 0 to 5. And they go judge by judge. And each judge tells them who are your top two and who are your bottom two. So top two would be a 5 and a 4. And your bottom two will be a 0 and a 1. And based on their responses... Uh, of each judge, they average them out and see who has the lowest points. And there was, there was some surprising like they disagreed with each other's. Like some had, I think I specifically remember Margaret. She was in the top for some of them, and then in the bottom for others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I that's one thing that I noticed. And yeah, I think that. I think I actually think that the the system is gonna change because oh. it's this, yeah this show is kind of I feel like it's being uh, retooled and put yeah 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 when they're working on it as a exactly as they're filming and it changes I think after the next episode it's oh. still by points but it, it changes a bit okay. so and I think it makes it a little bit better because to me when I heard or when they told us about this um this point system mm-hmm. i thought it was gonna be oh every queen is gonna get either a f- 
like one to ten and oh let's rate this queen one to ten mm -hmm. and whoever has the most tens or the most ones whatever gets either the top or the lowest um and to me this system kind of like mm, it's a little iffy like oh let's go in who because i want to hear the katrix the katrix <laughs> The Latrice. <laughs> the Latrice Royale. <laughs> I want to hear the the critiques for all of them. And I want to hear... Because they didn't talk about all of them. They just talked about their highest and their lowest. That's it. Mm -hmm. I want to hear everybody what they got. What the score was for everyone. And I think it does change after that. And we get to see that. So, yes. That's the point system. Um, do you like the, the lip sync... From Deborah Men and Deborah La Grande, do you remember any anything that stood um, out to you? Deborah La Grande, I feel like her lip sync matched the song more because it was very dramatic, emotional. She, uh, to me, she matched it more to the feeling of the song. Uh, I mean, yeah, she went over the top with it. And we haven't said who who goes home or anything, so. Well, no, um, I mean, they're still at the lip sync. Yeah. We didn't mention who won, though. Uh, I mean, who won the challenge. Oh, yeah. So, who do you agree with that, actually? Do you agree with that? Um, Cordelia Durango, which is the portrayed Sara Garcia, bearded queen, do you think she should have won? In your opinion? She was not my favorite of the portrayals at all. So, who would have been your top two? I'm biased. <laughs> Margarita would have been one of the top. Maybe not the top. Well, I want to know your top two. Who's your top two? My top two... I guess the number two would have been Margarita. Number one... When she first came out, I really liked Barbara Durango. I thought she did really well, and I was assuming that the judges would have thought the same, that they... They saw the interpretation, and so, yeah, I mean, I was just assuming that she would get a good score, so it just seemed like she did a, a good job, um, mm -hmm. and so that's, she was, she would have probably been my, my top at that point. And you, do you have any bottoms? Do you agree with the bottom two? Debra Man, who did Pedro Infante, and uh, Debra La Grande. Yeah, right? definitely Debra Man. I didn't, yeah, she was definitely... At the very bottom for me. Um, did not see Pedro Infante there at all. Um, yeah, I think that was just a miss. Yeah, I think Lana would have been my other bottom. Um, the only thing I, I could see her saving is, again, the, the makeup. But, yeah, it was just not... I think the judges liked her outfit, right? I Didn't they remember. say, like, oh, something? I don't know. But um, I am surprised that Deborah landed in the bottom because mm -hmm. she, for me, had the confidence. Mm -hmm. She had, at least I can tell that's Tongolele, mm -hmm. you know? Might have not been super, like, rumbera, but she had the the essence mm -hmm. of Tongolele. So I am, I'm kind of surprised that she, she was in the bottom. She was not my favorite at all, but she did what what the challenge was so i didn't see why she would and, and she did it well so i didn't see what she why she was chosen to be at the bottom uh i i again just like um barbara durango i thought she was the i thought the judges were gonna like her and nope they, she ended up being at the bottom 
All right. So in the end, nobody goes home, and both queens are given a second chance. So do you did you see this coming? Did you, do you agree with both of them staying, or would you rather have seen somebody go? Um. So going back to the lip sync uh, for Deborah Men, she gave a more comedic interpretation of the song, which it, I didn't like. I mean, she she pulled out the hammer, the Mario hammer, I guess, mm -hmm. and it just didn't it didn't go with the song for me. Um, again, the song is more dramatic, emotional, and she yeah she didn't hit it. What do you, do you remember? What do you remember? I'm trying to remember what she did, and I don't really. She didn't do much. She was just. I know. I don't remember her standing doing there and a great job. Yeah. Um, I do remember being kind of um, underwhelmed by both of them. Yeah. I think they could have done a better job. Um, that damn stage could be bigger. <laughs> I know. And then you'll notice that when they bring everyone up to the stage, it's super small. You can barely stand on it. So. Yeah, when all of them are in there, yeah. Mm -hmm. So imagine having to lip sync up there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's not a lot of room for any tricks. Um, I think, um, they, like I said, they could have done better. And I don't know if I would... Like, the lip sync to me is where you... Where you you're a drag queen. So that's where... And I get that not all drag queens lip sync, but... Um, I think most of I me, mean, most drag queens do. This is your chance to show what you do daily at your shows. And I mean, if I was going to lip sync for my life, I would fucking lip sync for my life. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're just not good lip syncers. I don't know. Or maybe it was just the song. I don't know. They were nervous. They're nervous. But I mean, go for it. If you're going to jump off the stage, jump off the stage. <laughs> You need to make sure you're going to stay in that competition. And none of them did that for me. So, I mean... Deborah ended it with, like, a backwards like, oh yeah. drop. I did like hers more. Mm -hmm. I, I will say that. But... She wasn't moving around much. No. It was just, again, she was just standing in place as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there was not much of a performance there mm -mm. for either of them. And I don't know if it's because the stage is small and we mentioned nerves, but... They might have told them even, like, oh, just stay on one place because mm -hmm. you, we don't have the cameras <laughs> and the budget. So, like, at some point, they were, like, literally... It's one of the judges was talking, and it was... And they were kind of out of frame. And then you just see the, the camera move up a little bit. Oh, I I'm didn't like, notice that. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> So then maybe they just the cameras. They, yeah, they told I mean it is a low budget show, so they don't want to have to do too much editing. Mm -hmm. I I did notice in the editing they would weirdly they would like flip the image all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. I guess just to make it look like another angle, but I think it was the same angle. They would just flip it. <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah. I mean, we'll see for the next lip sync and see if it's a similar thing. If it was just them as um just the kind of i mean they, they're, if they're not good at lip syncing or if it was the show itself creating some sort of restrictions because of the low budget or mm -hmm. uh, we'll see but yeah i mean so no one ends up going home at all 
I'm glad that no one went home because of the reasons that they, the judges gave. Uh, we didn't. We haven't really gotten to know them much. We haven't gotten their stories yet told. So uh, I'm glad that neither of them went home. They. I think they noticed that they were nervous about the challenge being their first challenge and they wanted to give them another chance just to, to prove themselves and shake off the nerves i think when especially with this uh many queens with this little queens i should yeah. say yeah i think it was a good decision because you only have seven queens like, mm -hmm. if you just send one home then you're just, you know might as well kind of make it a longer mm -hmm. season it makes sense on a show like RuPaul, because they have, what, 12, 13? Oh my gosh, or... last season they had like 15, 15, yeah. 14, and I was like, ah, when is this going to end? <laughs> yeah, they had so many queens, so the the ones that are going to go to the top, they get their spotlight, and the ones that are going to um, get eliminated early, then that's expected and mm -hmm. um and they always are the less known queens when they get eliminated mm -hmm. yeah first and sometimes the less exciting ones who so i mean they were maybe expected to leave at that point or even like banshees like it could be the opposite where they eliminate somebody that is really fascinating to watch and fun to watch and then they regret it Mm -hmm. because they just let somebody really good go so maybe that's also why they just wanted to give these girls another chance mm -hmm. so that way they really know who is um really if they just had a bad day mm -hmm. or if they're just really bad <laughs> oh, yeah hopefully not yeah i mean that's so that's where the episode ends with um them getting another chance to come back yeah, that's it for the show. I mean, are you excited to see the rest of the season? What did you think of the episode? Um, what is, like, something that you, I guess, noticed that was either you wanted to change? Or is there anything that you would, or is there nothing that you would change, I guess? I want the opportunity for each queen to talk a little bit more about themselves and their stories. I think... It's only, what, 50 minutes or so of the mm -hmm. episode, and that's one thing that... That's how RuPaul's Drag Race started, with shorter episodes, and then they added another 30 minutes or whatever, and yeah. uh, they just don't have enough time. They only have less than an hour to do the episode, so it's understandable why they did it, but I think it would add more to our investment in each of the queens. Yeah, it seemed a little mm, uneventful mm. because to me, the challenge was great. I love the fact that they're going to have to research these legends of Mexican cinema. I just don't like the fact that they didn't show them putting their look together. Mm -hmm. I think that giving us a, a, a backstage view of how they're putting their looks together or what they're thinking of and the the creative process i'm very interested in how they come up with the look it, just like project runway when you watch project runway they they show you them making the mistakes reworking mm -hmm. it making mistakes again and then heidi comes in and reads them to filth and mm -hmm. then 
Tim is like, you got it, girl. And then they go out and they get read again by Nina Garcia. Yeah. So I want to see the process. I want to see the creative process. Show me that creative process. And I think that's one of the things that is missing. Um, but maybe that's they had no other choice because they had to tell them beforehand to bring these looks. And, and also the challenge, it was a look. It was a, that was the challenge. So there was no way for us to get to kind of know the queen through mm-hmm. the challenge mm-hmm. because they're just it putting a look together. Yeah, it wasn't focused on them. It wasn't about them. It was yeah. And um, the runway was pretty short too. They were up there for a couple of seconds and off the stage. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you would have to rewind or to get a second look, a better look at what they're portraying. So. Again, it's a time thing. Next episode, we're not going to have to go through the whole introduction thing. So maybe yeah. it'll add a few minutes of the creative process. And yeah, hopefully. Get to know them better. I, I do wish the runway was a little longer um, mm-hmm. just so we can see them. Again, like more better. explanation of the look. Like tell us mm-hmm. who these queens are, you know, mm-hmm. what their point of view is. Or what they were trying to portray with that look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anything else you want to add, or should we end it here? I think we could end it. Okay, so thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Guinness La Mas. Um, yeah, this is our our first episode, I guess, our first. Well, first full, I mean, first full episode. Yeah, because the last one was like Meet the Queen, so it wasn't just like... Just to Meet the Queens, yeah. Yeah. So it's the first full episode that we're recapping. Um, um, let us know. Let us know if you guys like the podcast. <laughs> and leave a comment, a rating, and yeah, where can they follow you? If you want to, you can follow me on Twitter at HelloBraulio, which is... H-E-L-L-O-B-R-A-U-L-A-O. That's usually where I just spent the time retweeting other tweets. Retweet, retweet. Yes. How about you? Where can we find you? So you can follow me on Instagram at yeah, yee yee. That's yeah, Y-I-Y-I. And on there I have a link to my YouTube channel. Where I have reviews of RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, the lip sync. It's called the Lip Sync Breakdown. So please go watch those. And yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. So thank you guys so much. We love you. And we'll see you next time. Now let's go feed the dogs. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you.